Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where we're calling it a sick day. Uh, I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. As my cough when we started sure told it, sick day. I'll edit that out so they don't have to listen to us cough. Uh, yeah, a little bit more editing <laughs> this week. I have been sick, so instead of doing a big main topic, we're doing a very short main topic, but we still want to do geekery and catch up and get back into the swing of things. So we're here anyway, because we like doing this every week. Um but yeah, I was I just spent the weekend being sick basically and I think I had some form of the flu, some kind of bacteria or uh virus that I'm fighting off. Um I don't know. My daughter had it and then I took care of her a bunch and then I got it. So oh. I spent the weekend basically just in a fever-induced sleep for the most part. So the main topic here is like I just wanted to bring up because I had this thought over the weekend. I didn't have a whole lot of thoughts over the weekend. <laughs> but I had the thought I was like what do you do when you're sick? Because I found for me that like, so I was going into Friday, right? Like I could tell I was coming down with it like kind of Wednesday, but definitely Thursday. And I was like, I think I need to take a sick day on Friday. And I very rarely ever take a sick day from work um, unless I really need it. And so I I was like, oh, I'm going to have a sick day. Like I should buy a new video game or I should do something. And like, you know, I'm, if I'm going to stay home, like let's make a day of it. And what actually yeah. ended up happening, well... What I did was I bought Devil May Cry 5, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, And I always have these, like, like if I can tell I'm coming down with something, I have a day or two days of, like, oh, man, I might need to take a sick day. Um, I have, like, a grand plan for it, you know? And grand plan being, like, I'm going to sit at home, like, in my pajamas and play a game, usually. But, you know, it's something like, oh, if I'm going to be sick anyway, I'm going to be home. Let me do X, Y, or Z. And uh, it's usually like a new game or a new something. But then by the time I get to it, I'm sick and I don't want to. Like, I just don't have the mental capacity to play a game. So, like, as much as I always think about playing video games when I'm sick, I never actually do it until I'm starting to feel better or if I'm, like, not bad enough yet. So Friday, what ended up happening, even though I just bought Devil May Cry 5, was I slept for, like, 15 hours. (laughs) Like that was my Good Friday night. last week. So yeah, I mean, just a lot of sleep. What do you do when you are sick or coming down with something or like, how do you handle it? Well, it tends to start out the same way as you do. I, I get this, like the way my wife actually puts it is uh, that she wants to be just sick enough that she can't go to work, but not sick enough to actually, uh, n- actually not be able to enjoy the time off. And uh, like, I rarely get that because it's like, if I am, I'm sick, I'm a baby. It's like uh, we were talking before we started recording that I get the man flu. I don't know, depending on where you guys are listening from, that may be a thing where you are a lot like Void has never heard of that. No. But that's what my wife and everybody like her friends and all joke around about it. And I get it. And I'm fully aware of it, that when I'm sick, I'm just a baby and I want to be taken care of. And it's like if I'm just a little sick, if it's a minor thing, you know, my head hurts a little bit. I feel kind of bad. I, I lost my voice or something. I used usually just rest, watch some TV. I usually don't go out and buy a video game or anything unless there's something that's just been on my mind that I want to get. And while I'm lying at home, I'm like, I'm going to do that right now uh, kind of thing. And I'll just watch TV, play video games between naps. I tend to sleep a lot whenever there's something uh, whenever there's something wrong with me. But when I am really sick, that is, oh, man, when I'm sick like you were, it is... 
so terrible for me and everybody around me. It's like my head hurts, which puts me into a bad mood. I'm mad and I'm cranky and I just lie there and complain. I sleep and I don't really want to watch anything because I can't focus on anything. I can't really play a game because it takes so much energy whenever I'm like sick like you were. And it's just it's just bad. Like I am no fun to be around like that. It's like I just I complain nonstop. And, uh, and it that's is funny because like I know plenty of people like that. I'm not. I deal with sickness really well. And maybe it's because um, when I was dealing with like getting diagnosed with allergies and asthma, I had a few years of my life. It was like right around middle school, too, which just makes it a whole uh, another thing on top of it, basically. But where I was just like, it felt like I was constantly dealing with sickness. So, yeah, I dealt with being sick for a long time. And then the other thing was like asthma and allergies are also a lifelong thing. So it's like I'm constantly dealing with something. And most of the time I'm fairly normal, but also I'm used to just like taking meds and then moving on with my day kind of regardless of how I feel. Like if I'm having a bad breathing day or a bad allergy day or whatever, I just like compensate with medicine and then I like do it anyway. And I've been doing that my whole life, not to mention like I'm a lifelong headache sufferer. Like if you ask me on any day at any time, I basically have a headache. Um, and it's just kind of, it, it runs in the family. My mom's the same way. Uh, my brother gets it a lot. My grandpa had it. So it's like, it's just a thing. Yeah. So I guess I'm just kind of used to dealing with that kind of thing, like sickness and chronic conditions and pain. And like, I don't mean to make it sound worse than it is because it's, it's just like a background to my life. So I've just learned to deal with it. But when I do get something like this, that knocks me out like a flu or a cold or whatever, I guess I've built up enough coping mechanisms and I've had enough experience with it that I just deal with it. That makes sense. And that's the exact, that's probably why I'm so bad at it because when I was young like I got sick like I had bronchitis every year but that was about it like I had physical injury like all the time my doctor my pediatrician said that I put his kids through college uh, because I was always in there with a broken bone a sprain a cut something that needed stitches glue whatever that was me I was I was the physical injury kid but in terms of, of sickness and asthma and stuff I just got bronchitis like like every year until I was 14. And other than that, it was just normal kid sickness stuff, like nothing abnormal. And then older than that, I pretty much didn't get sick very much at all. I still don't get really sick very often. And so whenever I do get sick, it is all just just no holds barred. I don't know how to handle it feeling that terrible. And like, I tear the ligament in my ankle and I feel really terrible and it hurts, but I don't get that tore up about it. But you give me uh, laryngitis and my and a headache and you'll think that somebody uh, killed my puppy. Um, I don't know what that phrase means exactly. It, I get angry. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I go John Wick on somebody. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So anyway, yeah, I, the sick day was not what I had hoped it would be, but it never is. It's just, I always go through that right before a sick day. I'm like, oh, maybe I can do something. And then I never do anything. I just sleep. So, I mean, I'm feeling better. I'm not a hundred percent. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit before we got into geekery. So uh, I think we'll cut it short there as like a super short main topic this week, just since I am sick. 
sick and I'm still getting better. Um, but really quickly, why don't we talk about the geeky offer of the week? So everybody remember that we have a Patreon. And if you like the podcast, if you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast We have all sorts of really cool rewards and you can get your name in lights. We have different Discord roles and Reddit flair and things like that for just a couple of dollars a month. So check it out. It's uh, It's got some cool stuff at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast And around the network this week, uh, geek to 2 Joe is still slowly becoming a robot, but hopefully he'll get over that. Uh, it's tea time with Katie and Chelsea. They talked about <laughs> Captain Marvel this week, which was interesting to listen to. Um, and Capsule J streaming on Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern and sometimes Thursdays and weekends. And Troidal is kind of standardizing on Thursday nights sometime after dinner. So everyone's still kicking it and doing well out there on the network. Um, for Weekly Geekery this week, I finished up a little bit of anthem like i i told you after last week's uh, episode that i was gonna try it a little bit more and i played like another hour and i hit another oh. grindy roadblock and i just deleted the game like that oh my god seriously <laughs> yeah that was it like i gave it another shot and the, the story was starting to pick up again because i had gotten over that one grind and i hit another one almost like not right away but within an hour and then i was just like i don't know um but in talking to my friends and after that episode in talking to listeners and stuff it really sounds like you can get a better experience on pc so i kind of regret the platform i bought it on but yeah i'm done with anthem for the moment um, I don't guess you're going to want to buy the PC version and kind of redo and revisit the stuff that you've already done. You didn't like it enough to even try that, did you? No, it's there's something there, but there wasn't enough there, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So not right now, but like in hindsight, I would have bought it on PC instead. That's probably the better option that I should have done. Um, so I did that a little bit before I was getting sick. And then uh, at the same time, because I was still in that like idle clicker mood, um, I played Space Plan, which is like a really short idle game, but it has an interesting story. So I was telling you how I like it when they like incorporate a story into it. <laughs> yeah. So I beat it like very casually playing in like three days. Um, but it's cool. I like idle games that I can beat and I like idle games that have a story. Like I think I've talked about Universal Paperclips in the past. Yeah, I've heard you mention that before and I saw I think I saw you mention it either on Slack or Twitter and uh, I didn't even bother looking it up. I, I just I've, I've heard you mention it so many times. It's like one of the best clicker games that I've ever played because it becomes so much more than that. But it starts out just like every other clicker game you've ever seen. And it just it morphs and it twists and there's a story there. But there's like so much else with the gameplay, too, that I don't even want to like give it away because that's what makes it interesting basically but space plan wasn't to that extent but space plan was pretty good and it kind of reminded me of it in a couple ways so um i can recommend that one it's on ios and i think it's on android too um yeah and then like i said i tried a bunch of other stuff while i actually was sick those were kind of the two i did beforehand but uh before i get into that what did you do this week so this week jennifer and i decided that we we're gonna watch the entire mcu before avengers Endgame. wow that we've never done this that you went back and rewatched all of the mcu movies before was it infinity war that yeah. you did that yep captain marvel made us want to do it that we loved captain marvel that we're still talking about captain marvel uh so so it made us really want to go back. And right now we have watched everything up to Avengers that we would have already gotten a couple past it, but she's had to work late the last couple of nights. So we haven't finished Avengers yet, but uh, we'll probably do that actually tonight if she doesn't get home too late. And they're really good. Like we forgot how good these early MCU movies were and how well put together they are as a whole. It's like you can even see stuff in Iron Man 
that goes into later movies and later on in the MCU. And they, uh, it's just, it had that feel from the very beginning. And it, it kind of, of amazes us that they were able to do that. I still hold that Iron Man 2 is a very good movie, and uh, no one can take that from me. And uh, we, I liked Thor a lot. I liked it less this time than I usually do. I'm not sure what what about my tastes have changed so much, but I I really adored Captain America: The First Avenger so much more than I thought. So much more than I remembered. That movie is just so good, um, and I cannot wait to get into the rest of these. It's like we're going to be, I mean, barreling through these because Endgame comes out in roughly one month now and we have maybe 16 movies to get through at this point so it's going to be a lot but we're we're really excited about this like we've never done something that to this extent with a movie watching it's like watching all the star wars movies that's one thing but this is like 20 movies yeah the mcu is a big undertaking these days we skipped the incredible hulk that one because that one doesn't count i don't care what they say yeah you're right it doesn't i agree it does does not count um other than that like we went to i mentioned a little bit earlier that we uh, that i was going to talk about a play that we went to and uh, you may have cut that part out of the podcast i don't know but if you didn't uh, i mentioned it between coughing and interruptions we've already had in this short amount of time this is going to be more editing than i normally do in a full-length podcast so we'll see what makes it and what doesn't that's weird that sucks i'm so sorry that's okay um well, we went to see a play, and we saw King Lear. And I've seen King Lear before. Um, I'd never really read King Lear, uh, even though I was an English major. It was never something that got assigned to me. And w- what was interesting about this, and the reason I bring it up, is because King Lear has... It's about a four-hour play when you uh, do it unabridged. Uh, that's not including an intermission. So you're looking at four and a half to five hours of pure unabridged. So this was from the London stage. And what they did was they have this troupe of actors and there are five of them on tour. There are only five actors in this troupe and the London stage sends them an unabridged copy of the of the script of King Lear. And it is up to them as actors to decide what part of that they're going to put on for their tour to make a cohesive story and who's going to play what parts because there's no director. So there are five people playing roughly 25 parts in this little black box theater production uh, that's touring from the London stage. Uh, They came and did stuff at the university is why they were there. And it was so good that these actors were so unbelievably talented that they like had they had some of the men i mean there were three men and two women and they they did not it did not matter about gender who was playing what uh and all of them were were just amazing because like the two men who were playing uh two of the daughters would have shawls like scarves wrapped around them and they would hang a certain way off of one of their arms that they would always hold out so that you knew that they were uh one of the uh, one of the sisters like that and then they would have like maybe a hat that they wore if they were a guard and it was just so well put together that after about 10 minutes you didn't even notice 
that they were really changing back and forth. You just knew who those characters were. And it, what was even better is that they sometimes had to play multiple characters in the same scene and interact with themselves. And it was the most believable I've ever seen that happen. And it wasn't played for comedic effect, unless it was a, a comedy scene. I mean, of course, Shakespeare wrote a lot of those, but it they would do this in serious, dramatic scenes. And there was one time where a character had a fight scene with themselves and it was probably the most dramatic scene in the movie or in the in the play it was crazy how well they put this together so That's um, super if cool. the if the london stage has a production of shakespeare coming around your area anytime this year they're out of the university of notre dame uh that's where their base is right now in the united states uh in terms of the tour where their home base is uh, and all these care all of these people are from uh the UK I believe and but they're touring around the United States right now so if they if you see your university is putting on a uh, production by actors from the London stage it's not a student production at all um they're they're wholly professional actors and it's probably the most entertaining Shakespeare production that I've seen like hands down awesomeness just to see the i don't like lear but just to see the technical prowess these actors had was more than worth the uh, couple of hours put in like it was great that's really cool and then i've been playing i've been playing different games most of what i've done is rpg maker but i'll be talking about that more next week um I played Cat Quest a while back. While you were gone, I played through Cat Quest finally. I keep seeing and this game. Like I I don't know. I've looked at it on iOS. I don't even know how many times because it's constantly like one of the top games. Like and it keeps coming up on lists and stuff. Like what is it? What makes it interesting? Okay. First of all, don't play it on iOS. I don't know how it is on iOS, but there's a Switch version, and I know that it is amazeballs. Like, it is great uh, because of the way the controls are. It's an action RPG, and every single thing about this is cat puns. Like, all of it is cat puns. Like, everything from the abilities to the way they do. When you save it, you take a cat nap. Like, all of it. But it is this beautiful hand-drawn action RPG where uh, you are going through and there is a story where you're trying to to rescue your sister and there's an evil wizard and it's just fun. It's the story is fine. I mean, it's a it, there's a story driving the whole thing why you're moving from point A to point B, but the animation it is just gorgeous that I don't even know how to describe it other than where Nino Cooney looks like you are are playing a, a Studio Ghibli, a Ghib, I don't know, y'all know I can't say it, uh, kind of cartoon. That's how this feels, except it's just a cartoon. It's like you're wandering around the world map of an RPG blowing up enemies. Like the entire map looks like a map, too. That's one of the cool things. It looks like a, a slanted isometric almost mode 7 map from uh, Super Nintendo just that kind of overworld like sprawling overworld that you would have walked on and instead of having towns that you would go into it's just there are things on the map that you go in and 
and there are caves that you explore, loot that you get, and it's made to be played over and over again. Uh, I beat it in probably maybe six-ish hours, but it's made to go over and over and over again in Mew Game Plus, and, <laughs> and it is like Mew is in Kitty Mew. Uh, it is so good like it's just fun to play too it's like they got the really really simple battle system where you you it's an act it's action where you you every button press does something so it's not turn-based there's no moving into a different kind of of screen it's just fun and and fast-paced and in the main game there is no penalty for dying that you just immediately start back at your last save point, but everything you did up to that point was saved as well. So if you get in over your head, you don't have to worry about actually losing progress. You just have to get back to that point. So you need to make sure you save at a, a near spot where a spot near where you are if you're going to uh, do anything stupid like I tended to do. But like it's just fun to play. It's pretty and it's fun to play, and it was hilarious because there were cat puns everywhere okay i don't think you've sold me on it but i'm definitely slightly more interested than i was before it's uh it's i got it on sale as well i'm pretty sure it was like six dollars when i picked it up and it is more than worth the price full price um there's a cat quest 2 coming out this year that i just found out about um it's like cats and dogs there's a dog empire somewhere in it and you actually have a dog character uh that you're playing at the same time kind of like the mario and luigi uh rpgs uh on game Boy advance so i'm i'm all in on launch day for that one whenever it whenever it releases i bought world of final fantasy after that uh on the switch it was on sale and i'm torn on world of final fantasy maxima it's like i like this game i enjoy playing this game but i don't know if i'm going to like continuing to play this game does that make sense yeah i hard bounced off that one but i could see how it could draw you in and then not make you stay. Like, I could definitely yeah. see that being a reaction to that game. I think that's what's going to happen to me because I haven't gone back to it and I haven't really hit that point, but it's kind of a mix between Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest Monsters, and Pokemon. It's It's got monster capturing, it's got all of that, but it's, it's different where it has a story that I think is actually going to be a Final Fantasy-style epic story as it moves forward a little bit here. But it's just the mechanics of it of stacking monsters in different in different patterns, like large, small, and medium monsters to go into battle, and is a cool mechanic, but it's not my kind of mechanic. And then you can be toppled and or you can separate the stack and have three extra like three characters that don't combine powers. Like there's a lot of strategy in the idea of the battle system, but I don't think that the collecting of them and having to put together these uh these teams of around six to nine different monsters that you go in and out of for a small stack, a large stack for and for both characters. I think you get four yeah, you'll have four teams, basically, that you can mix and match between. And I think that's just a little too... I don't even want to say it's complicated, but it's just a little too much for me to want to put everything together into an RPG. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's like I want to like it, but it's I probably won't get very far into it. But I'll play it because I like the parts that I've played so far. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And then I tried Undertale. It was on sale. I, uh... 
I may be the only person in the world who doesn't like Undertale. And I'm, I feel very bad about that because I love the art. Like, I love the art style. I love the humor in it. But, man, I hate the battles. That bullet hell battle system that they have is making me not play the game. The puzzles are really cool. But I can't even be nice and spare enemies without having to do the bullet hell thing and dying like it's i don't want to do that in an rpg it's a turn-based rpg with puzzles i don't want to dodge things in a bullet hell game which is why i turned off cuphead i mean i don't I, i don't and i'm really sad because i heard so many good things about this like being the the be all end all md rpg and I don't think it's that good. <laughs> okay. I mean, I tried um, it. I, I know I talked about it when I did. I played it for, I don't know, a handful of hours. Like, I got further than I thought that I would. Um, but yeah. I eventually, I just kind of like, I don't know. There wasn't enough there that was hooking me. And, like, the battles were okay, but I didn't love them. And I think that's how I felt about the game in general. A lot of it was, like, okay, but I didn't love it. And supposedly it subverts all sorts of just, like, conventions in general. Yeah. And I was seeing it, but they were all so predictable to me. I was like, oh, okay, I know what they're going to do with this. I was never really surprised by the game, even in like however many hours I spent with it, four or five hours with it, something like that. Um, yeah. So I set it down. But I could see that since you really don't like bullet hell games, like I could see how you just wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, if if the, that one thing, and I know that's, that's kind of its thing, but if they were, if there were a remake, or not even a remake, but a, a way to to do it without that particular element i think i would really like the game and go through because i liked the way it handled pretty much everything else even the sliding like pick when you need to stop the bar action fighting stuff that was cool just hate the bullet hell enough that i don't want to play the game so that was pretty much me this week i've been, actually i've been playing chrono cross still which is still a very awesome game a uh, little slow paced but uh still super fun cool it is yeah i gotta i gotta give that another shot at some point i just i would need to get over the combat again but there's something yeah. there for sure yeah super good if you like chrono trigger you owe you you owe it to yourself to at least finish it up but it, it may take you some trouble because it's definitely a ps1 game I mean, I finished it. I finished it when it came out, but it's been a long time. Yeah, it was released for me. So that's been 19 years now. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, yeah. So this week, like I said, I was sick over the weekend. So uh, I kind of talked about what I did before, like last week. And then uh, over the weekend itself, I, I it was just going between like fevered sleep and then I would wake up enough, but I didn't have enough mental energy to like read a book or uh actually play a game or really engage with anything so i did what i don't normally do and i watched a bunch of tv and shows and movies and netflix and that kind of thing and i just like i rapid fire went through my list and i probably watched like 15 to 30 minutes of i don't even know how many different things and i just bounced (laughs) off of like thing after thing after thing so i'm not going to go through all that because that'd be boring to talk about um i'm going to talk about a couple of the things that were interesting so uh dragon prince season two was really good i enjoyed that um so i watched that with my daughter because because she's kind of the only one who could be around me because she already had whatever this sickness was. Um, oh. So she and I were hanging out because I took care of her and then she took care of me, basically. That's, that's so sweet. Yeah, and then uh, I watched Aquaman one day and, you know, it's still a DC Cinematic Universe movie. Like, the story is kind of meh. Like, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But the underwater special effects make it very worthwhile to watch that movie one time. Like, I'm really glad I watched it once, but besides the special effects and the underwater battles and stuff, it was just kind of okay. Did you ever watch it? 
No, I didn't. You got uh, you sent me some messages about it this weekend, though, and it really surprised me that you liked it. That uh, that you were saying positive things about it. That that was one of the ones that you stuck with. It uh, it really did take me by surprise. Yeah, I was surprised too. After all the different things I bounced off of, that I actually watched Aquaman start to finish. And like I said, it's not amazing. It's still a DC superhero movie. Like it's, I mean, set your expectations. But the underwater fights and the underwater special effects were really, really cool. Like that's why I liked it. That's why I stuck with it. I heard that in the theater that I haven't seen. I've seen the trailers, but that's really it. I don't really know anything about the movie because I was so not interested in the DC movies. But I did see almost everybody who saw it say that the underwater special effects, that they really pulled it off, that they did a great job on them. Yeah, they did. They did a great job. It was really cool. Um, So if that interests you at all for the special effects, not for the rest of it. But yeah, you could check that out. Um, I watched Love, Death and Robots, which is a new Netflix original. And it's a it's an anthology series of shorts that are all about well all of them have like love death and robots in it i mean it's kind of in the title (laughs) and the they run from like i think the shortest one i had i watched was like five minutes and then they go up to like 20 ish minutes so they're not super long which is nice um if you ever run into one that you don't like or you're not feeling you just kind of like jump to the next one or you sit there for another 10 minutes and it's over anyway so you know (laughs) um but it's definitely like tv like ma rated you know it's not for kids at all right um it's good if you don't mind a darker take on sci-fi even though they aren't all dark a lot of them are and a lot of it is like not all of it again not all of it because everyone it feels like it's a different creator it's a different like animation style some of them are 3d i think there's a couple that are 2d um but they all have different looks and feels and creators and stories and stuff so everyone kind of stands on its own but a lot of them one of the through lines that i was noticing was they felt kind of male gazey which is not great. Um, You know, it's there if you know what you're looking for. If not, you could overlook it too. But I I get the impression that it's kind of, you know, when people get the Netflix, you can make whatever you want because it's not real TV. And it's, you can, we're not going to rate it, whatever. Like you can do absolutely anything. They go towards Uh a lot of those kind of like, let's do nudity. Let's do not even sex, but just, you know, like a lot of topics that, you don't need to do it. Like sometimes they're just doing it for shock factor. And I got the impression that some of them were doing that, whereas some of them use the M rating really well. And then some of them don't even use like the M rating. Some of them are just kind of like a story that, Oh, you know, if this was outside of the rest of this anthology and it was on its Mm -hmm. own, it would probably be like TV PG type of thing. Right. Um, yeah. So it's a very mixed bag, but yeah, I mean, I I have that thing. I, I went on a Twitter rant the other day. I think it was, may have been last week sometime about uh, about it was about Devil May Cry five and the censorship stuff uh, because it's like you put stuff in like that to for the shock value or you put it in to further the narrative. And when you have stuff like that in because that's the point of it, like Deadpool, it's like great go ahead you know that's what these platforms are for but when it's male gazy and and mature for no other reason than you got the go ahead then that's actually a detriment to that particular uh, work well and the thing is like all of my favorite ones in there weren't that way at all so i don't want to make it sound like the whole thing is it's just something to be aware of if you're going to go check it out um if it bothers you or if it's you know a trigger for you any of that kind of stuff like just so it's out there but 
I, I really like this series. I mean, even though some of them were that way, a lot of them weren't, and a lot of them were just like really interesting self-contained stories. So I watched probably about half of it. I still want to watch the other half, so I can report back when I do that. I didn't know they were animated until uh, until this for some reason, because I hadn't looked it up yet. I thought that they were live action, kind of like uh, Black Mirror. I think they're all animated. I don't think any of them are live action at all. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, they were cool. Um, and then I watched... So wait, 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 wait. You found animation. You found well, animation that, and cartoons that you stuck with. Well, I mean, most of them are like 3D animated, yeah. Still, you don't like cartoons. I'm going to count this as a win. Okay, I don't know. I like 3D CG movies often enough that I guess I didn't see this as a huge exception. Um, I guess I think of cartoons as 2D, you know, which is... Uh. There weren't a whole lot of 2D hmm. ones in here. I think it was mostly 3D. But sure, if you want to count it as a win, you can count it as a win. <laughs> Fair. Um, and then I watched Wreck-It Ralph 2, which is way better than I thought it would be. Um, it's you know, very good. I started it expecting nothing. And there were parts of it that I just loved. Like, I loved when they went to the Disney website. And there was, like, a Wilhelm scream moment with a stormtrooper that was just yep. perfect. It was just perfect the way they did that. Um, and then the Disney princesses were amazing in it. And the whole thing just told a much better story than it had any right to. Like, I I don't know how they made a movie that was as good as this was uh, after the first one. Because, like, the first one was all right. Like, I know you liked it a lot, but I thought it was and just... And I like the first one better than this one, but I thought... Like, you and I have the exact opposite feelings on this one. I like this one and think it's fine, and I'm going to see it again, but I don't think it's, like, amazing, and I thought that about the first one. Yeah, and I don't know if it's, like, amazing. It's just so much better than my expectations for it were that I had oh, to say yeah. something about it. You know, it, like, far and away exceeded my expectations, no question. And I went in, I don't even know what I expected out of it. There were so many things in there, though, that just worked, that, that you really didn't expect would work. And for me, the uh, the GTA Online the like, entire thing running through it just made my day. And what was great about that, because it was so post-apocalyptic, and I was like, oh, they did this instead of GTA Online. The literal next day I logged in and Twitter had an ad for a post-apocalyptic GTA expansion. And I was like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. That's funny. That's, um, but yeah, the princesses. What'd you think about the princesses? They were one of the best parts of the whole movie. It was great. I was just like dying of laughter in a really good way. Somebody told me that maybe... Uh, that maybe they're trying to do a Disney princess uh, shared universe at this point because of that. Like, I don't know if that's just a rumor or if Disney had uh, had actually said something about it. I just don't know. Oh, that'd be interesting. I'd be here for it. I'm all for it. Um, so outside of like watching, like I said, I watched a ton of stuff just for like 15 or 30 minutes and I bounced up to the next thing because things weren't holding my attention. Um, but besides the things that I liked and then all the stuff I bounced off of, like as I started to get better so this was more like sunday i finally did get around to devil may cry 5 it just wasn't on my oh. sick day that i took um so if you don't know devil may cry uh it's been around since like the playstation 2 era i think it's a ps2 game so. originally yeah, i think it was ps2 yeah and it's kind of like badass demon hunters third person action game and it's all around like that early 2000s idea of cool you know and the thing is, this game knows what it is. It knows that it's like channeling that era of, you know, quote unquote cool. And it just leans into it. It just plays into it mm -hmm. so much. And because of that, because I know that it knows what it is, it's just dumb fun in a really good way. Um, 
there's this intro sequence, not right at the beginning, but it's like once you get into kind of the game proper after the the true like prologue intro type of thing. Um, there's a van and you're going on the van and there's tons of demons around. And he's like shooting them out the windows and stuff. And there's a roadblock coming up. So the lady driving the van like sends it into a skid and then hits it at an angle. So the van flips itself upside down. And while it's in midair doing this barrel roll, the main character or one of the main characters jumps out of the van and flies next to it in the air while shooting a bunch of demons with like one liners. Like that's the kind of game this is. And it stays like that throughout the whole thing. So that sounds about right. I knew that it was going to be this going into it. Um, It was really fun for like two days and now I'm done with it, but that's all I wanted out of it. Like I just wanted to get that experience because I played all the games originally when I thought they were like legitimately cool because (laughs) I was much younger. Um, That was your God of War days too, right? It was, it was around the same time. Yes. So, So, I mean, of course, yeah. So, it's kind of like channeling back to that. I, you know, I can enjoy it for what it is right now, but only for two days, apparently. And now I'm I'm done with it, but I'm still glad that I got it just to experience it. But if that sounds like something you're interested in, um, it reminded me of a 2D, or not a 2D, but a PS2 game in kind of the best way. Whereas, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 reminded me of a PS2 game in the worst way. (laughs) Um, Hmm. Yeah, this was interesting channeling of like ps2 era games into ps4 and i mean i played some of them between then and now but still that's what it reminded me of um but you know it's like it's a hack and slash the combo action you know third care third person i think it's called like character action games is the actual actual genre you know kind of like bayonetta that type of thing yeah um so if you're into that kind of game it's really solid like the gameplay mechanics the combat is solid um and there are three playable characters in this one so there's nero who was in the last one i think yeah four he was in um there's dante because dante's always been in it from the beginning and there's a new character called v who's basically like a pokemon trainer like he just summons these like demon monster animals to attack and he's really interesting because he's like so different from the other characters but um it kind of made me think about how do you do a pokemon trainer like live action game and the way that v plays in devil may cry 5 is kind of one of the ways you could go about it which was an interesting thought to have um so yeah i mean i guess that's devil may cry 5 i think that might make me look up v videos like this is not a game that i would enjoy playing no i, know I don't think because i've like played it. i've played the first three of them and not not beat them but played the first three of them and i'm like yep that is a game that i am not good at but see i have maybe 30 minutes of fun in a devil may cry game before i'm like okay i'm done and but i want to see what v is yeah you should look it up it's really interesting i probably had like four hours of fun you know over two different days okay um but yeah, that was enough. That's kind of all that I wanted, all I expected out of it. Um, and then the last thing that I played was Slay the Spire, which has been on my list to get back to for a while. Um, I talked about it when it was in early access, but it finally hit 1.0 sometime right around the time that I was moving. So I didn't get back yep. to it until this last weekend. And um, now that it's in a full release, like it's still a great deck building game. Like I just love it as a deck building game. And have we ever talked about like the difference between games where you build decks and what a deck building game actually is i know the difference i don't know if we've mentioned it actually on air like with uh, people who may not so i don't enjoy games where you build decks ahead of time a whole lot so this would be like lcgs or ccgs or like magic the gathering is the one that you can point to that most people know the most readily hearthstone yeah uh, where you have this huge collection of cards and before you ever go into the gameplay you put together a deck of 30 or 60 or however many cards for that particular game Um, That would be like deck building, 
but a deck builder or a deck building game, um, which is like a specific genre, is one where you start a, a run or a session or a whatever with a limited number of cards, and as you go through the gameplay, you slowly acquire new cards and modify your deck like as you're going along. And mm-hmm. I really like deck building games, even though I don't like building decks outside of the games, like the metagame part of it. Um, and I love deck building games in person. Like, I've never played a single player deck building game, uh, but I love them like with uh, groups of people. You get like eight people around playing a deck building game and they're hilariously fun. Yeah, there's uh, what's the Marvel one? I always forget what it's called. Is there's... it Sentinel? Not Sentinels of the Multiverse. That's a different one, isn't it? That's a different one too. Yeah, um, Legendary might be one of the Marvel ones. I'm thinking. Of. There's a bunch of them out there though, um, and this is where my sick brain is coming in. I know them all, and they're all on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember all of the main ones that people would know. Um, but there's a lot of deck builder games. And so this is a, a computer-based one. So, I mean, you're just playing it digitally. I have it on Steam. And there's a new character in it that's called the Automaton, um, which is really interesting. And I've been playing around with him more over the last couple days. He has, like, there's three different characters, and all of them have completely different cards, completely different decks, completely different mechanics, which is really fun. So if you ever get sick of one, you can just jump to another and get a different experience, basically. Um, but this one, it channels these orbs, and it has, like, multiple orb slots that are kind of, like, permanent, and they're separate from the cards in your hand, but the cards in your hand interact with the orbs. So it was fascinating. Um, I keep going back to the Silent, which is, like, the second character, because I really like that one. It's kind of like a rogue like blade wielder but it can do poisoning and stuff like that um i just like the combos that you can set up as you're playing around with the deck but a lot of the fun of the game is like figuring out the synergies and the combos and like how are you going to make the cards interact with each other as you keep making the deck bigger throughout playing and see how far you can get on one run so it has a little bit of the roguelike element because when you kind of restart a run you reset your deck you know back to that beginning starting hand but it plays Mm -hmm. different enough every time that there's a lot there to experience so my only regret about slay the spire is that it's still only on pc um i think it's out on switch soon but really i want this game on ios because i would play it daily like i would make this part of my daily routine to just pick away at slay the spire like do at least one run a day because i like it that much that is that would actually make me pick it up i think because that's the kind of game that i don't necessarily want to sit at my computer and play yeah that's the only part of it that i don't like i don't like playing this at the computer even though it's such a good game that anytime i start it i will play it for multiple hours which is probably like a ring endorsement for me the fact that it can suck me in that easily the hard mm-hmm. part for me is like wanting to sit down at the computer to play it because it doesn't feel like that's the best fit for it. It feels like it'd be much better on iOS or something else. I mean, even console, like I don't want to sit at a TV and play this. I want to just get out my phone and casually play this while I'm doing other stuff, basically. Switch. The Switch would be great for this. Yeah, and it is coming out on Switch. I know that. It's just I don't think it has an official release date yet. Ah, okay. Um, I think that's about it for this week. Like I said, shorter episode just due to a sick day and I'm coughing. I'm trying to edit it all out. So hopefully you guys haven't noticed, but we're dealing with it. We're making do. Um, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invites 
website links, and you can check out all the other shows on the network while you're there. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And I'm blogging over at the uh, geek to geek media site. We've been Void Beej with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks. Feel better, Void. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch.